One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have everybody along with us today. You know, it, it's been a crazy week again, as always, as it seems like most of my clients are packing up and heading home for the holidays. Uh, so hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we'll actually have a chance to kind of relax and live some of that life balance. Uh, you know, the weather has been great. Uh, it's been fantastic just to be uh, able to be home, not traveling so much, not a lot of crazy speaking engagements. It's just been a relaxing time. We still actually have a little snow on the ground here in Alabama. Uh, from that big snowstorm that we were having last Friday uh, as we visited with you here on the show. So today, we're very, very excited to have someone with us um, who is the founder of Ascension, which is a startup advisory firm that helps high-performing entrepreneurs and visionary leaders grow or scale their company with confidence. Using forensic techniques to help clients fuel growth and increase profits, she helps entrepreneurs develop, manage, and grow the financial foundation of their company while helping them understand their financial data and discovering new ways to measure and assess performance. The unique needs of a growing company often are not discovered early enough causing a major impact on the company's future. So Ascension was created with a mission to provide young, fast-growing companies with the resources they need to ex- succeed. After spending over a decade providing reactive advisory services through forensic investigations, litigation support, compliance, and financial audits, she recognized the large gap in resources available to younger companies when those resources are needed the most. So Ascension was created to help bridge that gap while taking a strategic approach and helping drive value for the entrepreneurial community. So we're very, very excited to have the creator and founder of Ascension, Ms. Molly Montgomery, on the show. Molly, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So tell the listeners that, you know, we did a little bit of an intro there, but tell us a little bit about Ascension and, and what you do and what you mean about, you know, helping them it, while they're young is, is certainly as entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. I, my, my, my career that I started with <laughs> before diving into the entrepreneurial world myself, um, as, as you mentioned in my bio, and I spent about 12 years in public accounting and, a lot of the work I was doing was very transaction-based, very after the fact, and seeing these companies after they grow to a certain stage and to a point of wanting to sell or getting to IPO or when we're doing the audits or litigation has, hap- has come up or there's fraud going on or all these problems are happening. That's what I was so focused on for so long, and it was it was just really, it was really disturbing to me to be the one to come in so late in the game, pointing out all the things that went wrong and saying, and knowing, well, if you would have done this A, B, or C years ago, you wouldn't be in this position. I, you know, I, I started to really be able to see that. And so I, I wanted to just be for my personal goals of my life <laughs> to be doing something that I felt was more fulfilling, that I was more passionate about. And I just started to go down my own path of, of finding what that is. And, and so I just, I found that fit, that need of these younger companies of knowing there's so much going on. Once a company starts to get traction and, and finds that fit in the market and, and customers are coming in the door and, and the revenue starts to come in, then there's just a 
whole company that takes on of its own that that people just need the founders, the executive, the team needs the the support and the resources and 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 the guidance to help get through those early years so that they can succeed, so they can reach their goals. So I I found that true fit just as an advisor, as a mentor, as someone to go in and, and help in those stages. And some of the larger firms that, that have the resources to do that just don't work with companies that are that still relatively small. So it can be hard from a, a cost perspective for the younger companies to really go and find those resources just because they can't fork out the kind of money that the large advisory and consulting type of firms um, would would be needed and would be required. So, yeah, so that's where I that fit. <laughs> Well, that makes total sense. I'm, I mean, I'm entering year number nine of R Square Consulting, and and you know one of the interesting things that you know I come from a, a pretty hefty financial background, pretty hefty, um, you know I was a CIO, a CFO. Yet there were still things that that I were I was running into specifically around tax codes and you know certain local laws that I wasn't aware of that came up and bit me. So you know it, it, it's interesting because yeah. I think entrepreneurs um you know they certainly get into business to to follow a passion that they have um and I think so few of us have a passion for accounting. <laughs> so what would you say to us right. uh, you know uh, yeah right. how do you jump Absolutely. in and help? Yeah, I mean it's usually it's usually, I mean, you think about when you're at the high level, executive level, and you're the one that's creating the company, it truly is, you have to be resourceful and you have to figure out, okay, I can identify what it is that I know and what I'm capable of doing, what I, what I want to be doing, and start to delegate and fill in the, the team around you. And yeah, the finances are are often a, a kind of a, not so much an afterthought, but kind of a pain point. <laughs> where a lot of people are just leveraging, okay, what's coming in the bank account and knowing what they know from a sales perspective and from a revenue perspective and calculate overhead and then just make sure they get the bills. And then at some point, the pressure just gets so heavy of, okay, I need somebody to come in and help take over and, and oversee the financial side. Or, I mean, like, I, if you have investors involved, then, of course, the investors probably have, have a different expectation and and, and requirements for your company. But a lot of times it's going in and just asking a lot of questions back to my experience in the forensic world. It's from just from an investigative standpoint, I start asking a bunch of questions of, okay, where are you? What are your goals? Where are you right now? How have you, who have you had from an advisory standpoint or from a mentorship or who has helped you get to where you are and, and what, what holes, what gaps do you see? What pain points do you have in your company as far as the finances are concerned, as far as operations are concerned? And then I'll just evaluate and look at, okay, what other resources, what kind of team of people do we need to come in? Is it, are there sales tax issues? Are there, who are you working with for your taxes? Are your taxes all caught up? Do you have everything addressed from that standpoint? What's going on with the actual infrastructure with the accounting and the finance? Of, of everything you have set up there, who's doing the reporting? Do you have a controller or do you kind of winging it? Do you have a bookkeeper? <laughs> There's a lot of companies that start with very basics, with a lot of the basics around all of that, that you, you outgrow that stuff so quickly that a lot of CEOs and executives don't realize how fast they've outgrown that. And so that's what I'll go in and just look at all of that and say, okay, here's what's needed to really get a more solid foundation 
um, in place. And then here's what we can help with and here's what we can't help with, but let's find those resources and figure out from a kind of a risk-based approach of here's what we need to address ASAP and here's what we can just start to, to ease into over the next, whatever it may be, six, nine, 12 months. And just work together with the, with the CEO and the executive team or if the board or investors are involved and figure out what are, what are the priorities? What do we see are truly priorities? And it's a collective effort. It's not something that we go in and say we know all the answers. It's let us really help figure out, put the, shine the light on <laughs> what's needed so we can help you figure out what's needed. Yeah, and so I'm I'm such a big fan of like you know Shark Tank and the Profit and, and these guys, and I'm so surprised, uh, and and really not, but based on a lot of the people that I've met as well, um, how many business owners do not know their numbers, do not know what it takes to make a product, do not know what it takes to sell a product, um, and so what what are some yeah. of the you know scary things that you're seeing as pitfalls uh, for an entrepreneur getting started, specifically around knowing your numbers. Oh my gosh, it's funny because it's, it, it, it's, I'm not surprised. I, every, every client, I've been doing this for 15 years now and it's, I'm, I feel like I've seen everything, but then I go in and I think, okay, now I've seen, I've seen everything. <laughs> There's always something new. And I would say, don't, whatever, whatever pressure you're feeling there, everybody has something that they're almost ashamed of or embarrassed to admit <laughs> is going on in their company and every single company has that because it's where you're, you're kind of building the wings as you, as you, after you jump off the cliff or whatever the, you know, whatever the phrase is, but I've seen all sorts of stuff. I mean, some of the, the scariest, the most damaging things I see are when the fraud starts to come into play of there, there's really no systems in place and the whole company is relying on just the people that the, the, the CEO is, is trusting is doing things the right way where there's really not a true where the systems of a company aren't in place and everybody's just frankly trying to do what they think they're supposed to be doing. I mean, I see companies that have been doing above 10, 20, close to 50 million in revenue where there's no, there's the systems just aren't there and the people are the team, the people, the employees are carrying so much weight of a company and that's a lot of risk, a lot of financial risk. Um, and there's time to see the, the executive team. And this, this happens more often when there's, when there are not investors involved, but where the executive team, the, the founding CEOs are, um, or the, the founding team, they're, they're withdrawing too much cash out of the company it doesn't, it's conflicting with what they're saying the goals of the business are and, and what, their actual, what their actions are around the finances. And so sometimes it can be a really challenging conversation to have with people to say, well, they're telling, telling us, okay, here's, here's what we're trying to accomplish. This is the, the vision that we have for the company. But then when we look at the finances and look at the cash flow and look at what's being taken out of the company, it's just a, a, a huge conflict. <laughs> And so Good having old, those conversations and figuring out what do you really want here? <laughs> yeah, it's good old members draw, <laughs> right? Willing and ready to change that. Yes, yes, right. yes. 
So we're going to go ahead. uh, Speaking of cash flow, we got to go ahead and uh, allow some cash flow to happen for this business. So we're going to let our sponsors take a break here and uh, try to sell some goods here for a couple of minutes. But we're going to be right back with Molly Montgomery of Ascension. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile. And there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. Before we get back to Molly here for a second, just a quick uh, other commercial uh, for those of you that have listened to the show and, and know about my involvement with the Mickey Mouse Club and, and the group The Party, uh, you know that the uh, week before last I was with uh, Chase Hampton uh, at his home in Boston, and he's just released a limited edition uh, car magnet uh, from the song Peace, Love, and Understanding from the group The Party, uh, and you can find that at chasinlife.com. Uh, so you want to run out and get that because I, I believe there's only like 40 left. Uh, But it's a very, very cool little project that Chase did. I want to make sure that I support uh, my friend and and client, Chase Hampton, in that. So let's bring Molly back. You know, Molly, we were talking in break. 
you know, so talk, tell me a story about where you, you walked in, um, you know, with Ascension and yourself and, and, you know, just saw something, not necessarily in shambles, but just a really good story of a turnaround for us. Sure. And there have also been some shambles stories <laughs> that have <laughs> happened. Um, there's a couple, a couple years ago, I, I went into, um, there was a client that just needed, they didn't have a, they didn't have anyone on the account for the controller position that didn't have the experience to be a controller, but they didn't really know the owner. The owners didn't really understand what the full extent of what was needed for that accounting finance role. And so the person they put in place, they just didn't know that they weren't, this person wasn't very qualified. So, so they needed help with some oversight just with the whole entire finance function. And just, there were some challenges with their cash flow with their business. They couldn't quite put their finger on what was going on. So we went in and, and just evaluated what was going on with the, the finance, the flow of the, the finances, the reporting, just really got involved, dug into some of the operations. And while we were there, they they, they discovered that one of their vendors had been, there was some fraud going from one of their vendors and just ran into a lot of cash challenges due to this fraud. And what what was happening while we were, while there were several things going on that we were helping resolve, um, the owners that they investors involved as well. And the owners just started to carry this heavy weight of trying to figure out how, how do we keep moving forward? How do we resolve this? Are we going to be able to pay our vendors back? How do I have this conversation with my investors? Just a lot of the, the, the weight that they were carrying just on a personal level. So we, we came up with a plan to help soften the fall because it was already, it wasn't something that could be avoided at that point. Got some attorneys involved, got some, just did some, helped get the morale of the team, lift, lifted that back up a bit, gave, refreshed the vision of the company, helped figure out what does the next year look like while dealing with all these issues and helped come up with how to address the investors and had some conversations with the investors and just really helped build up the strength of the executive team and, and the future of the company. And, and it, it worked out so well. I would say 90% of their, of their vendors ended up getting paid back. About 90% of the investor funds got paid back. And, and I, I, they would not have been able to do this if they tried to figure it out on their own. It's one of those things where when you've got some of these challenges that come into play, having the support system to around you to help get through some of those challenges is so important. So that was one. That was one that was it. It, it ended quite well, but n- not not the way everyone wanted it to. But <laughs> still, at the end of it, it was a a very um, graceful landing, I guess you could say. Well, and, and so helping been situations where it's gone in, and there's been fraud that we've helped that the the owners had no idea the fraud was happening, and so helping just unravel and and deal with the fraud while, while keeping the company going <laughs> is that can be a big challenge. And so that's been a few times where we've the cash crunch, the cash flow challenges is often an indication of trying to figure out why, why is, why are the challenges with the cash flow and, and uncovering that sometimes there's some really difficult things that come to the surface. Yeah. And I was, I was involved here in, you know, before I started R squared, I was running a company where we, we had an owner that was uh, a single owner privately held uh, who was was spending all the money out of the backside of the company, and uh, 
you know, mm-hmm. here we are running a very profitable business, have several employees, things are going well, but we keep running into, you know, I, I as the president of the company, keep getting challenged, hey, we're going to miss payroll. I'm like, how is that possible? You know, we're, we're supposed to have a year of right. expenses in the bank, a year of expenses, you know, uh, in, in uh, credit. And so how can we not make payroll? And it turned out to be fraud. It's, it's a really scary situation. And a lot of times it does just sneak up on you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of these things that I've, I've, it's funny because when you're running a company and there's so much that you are trying to stay on top of, (laughs) you can't, you just can't stay on top of every single thing. And so a lot of times the conversations I end up having with the executives that I, that, that I work with, when these challenges come up, the weight that people are carrying and the, you, you, you reflect back and think, how did I not know? Or how did I not see that? You know, there's a lot of that that starts to come in. Play. And I think the important thing to pay attention to is if, if there's something that your gut is telling you doesn't feel right, <laughs> is off, go and figure out what that is. It doesn't mean that you're not trusting something or maybe there's just not enough that you need just kind of a sanity check around what that is. Um, follow, trust your gut at the end of the day. So much data that we try to rely on or we try to figure out, that sometimes trying to figure out the data isn't going to help. If your gut is telling you that something's off, pay attention to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's, as, a, as you're growing your business, the systems and the checks and the balances and, and getting all of that stuff in place, it doesn't, it's not all going to be there from, from day one. And so sometimes when, those, when you don't realize certain holes are there, sometimes you learn the hard way and it's just part of the process. Keep going. You can't keep moving forward. You know, it's figuring out, okay, this is what happened. This is where we are now. Now, we, now what do we do from here? How do, we, how do we move forward from this place? So one of the things I always like to try to share in, in, you know, maybe some tips and tricks for, you know, a young business owner and entrepreneur. So, for instance, one of my favorites um, is teaching, you know, how to get paid. It, it, and so a lot of times when you're dealing with yeah. privately held uh, companies, they, they feel like that they don't have to pay their vendors on time. So I teach young entrepreneurs about uh, my favorite act, which is the Uniform Fraudulent Transaction Act which says if a, a privately held company pays themselves before they pay their vendors, then they're due a fine and, and potentially uh, jail time as well. And so, you know, knowing little tips and tricks like that can help you negotiate and get paid. Uh, what, what are some of the tips and tricks you'd like to share with young entrepreneurs? You know, this is, this is an, this is a really interesting conversation. And I will, it, it, a lot of people have, have challenges with this. And I like to look at it for, from starting from square one of when you're entering into having even just a conversation with a potential vendor, the way you approach the conversation and how you set those standards of how you do business is really what drives that relationship and drives the expectations with your vendors. And there's certain times where I've seen people getting so wrapped with vendors that you can tell it is not a good, it's not going to be a good relationship, you have to be okay with saying no. So I would say keep on the radar from a first, from the first part of that conversation of, 
don't allow yourself to get in a position where you feel like the only option is what you have because that puts you in a really bad place. It makes it really difficult for you to have that relationship with that vendor. Have leverage. Figure out what is an option B if this just isn't going to work so that you can have that strength to stand on of, okay, if they aren't going to do business the way we do business, we're going to go somewhere else. Um, So that's one thing to always just consider. And also getting things in writing. I see a lot of times people get these verbal, the, 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 the dynamic of you want to have that soft kind of the friendship of, yeah, handshake, verbal, this is great, we're going to do business together. Put it on paper. Have that. This is where the conversation around what does it mean to have integrity in your business. Getting stuff in writing and getting these terms, getting that agreement on paper right from one helps helps show people that you're doing business with that you're serious that you take your business seriously and this is what you're agreeing on and just having the conversation of 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 getting it on paper the process you go through holds people to a standard and shows that this is how this is this is how we do business and so it st- it sets the stage from the beginning so i'd say really make sure that you're that you're doing that stuff from from get-go, because that really does create the dynamic of those relationships. Um, and then as far as the, the payment terms, it's, it can be challenging when you're a new company of trying to figure out, well, what can we do? Because we are a new company, and there's only certain things, so only so many people are going to do business with us, because we, we don't have a history to, to rely on. We don't have a brand built up yet. You know, there's all, the, all those things that you that you think you, since you don't have that, that you don't have much to stand on. And, and I would say don't let that stop you from, from setting standards, first of all. And then, I mean, if there's stuff that for, as far as getting paid, there's, when I first started, I had everybody pay me in advance. There's advance payments of this is what we're agreeing on. You guys are high risk. You're, you are, you're in the startup mode. But in order for me to take on this risk as a vendor to work with you, this is what we're going to be accomplishing over the next nine months. This is our plan. We're, the way I work with these high-risk companies is we, we collect payments in advance so that there's that commitment of, yes, we're all in. We know we're hiring you to do this work, and this is what we're going to be paying you for. And then if we end up going out of scope or, or you know, we have, then we have the conversation around if it's, it's what happens if we go out of scope or if there's extra billings or, or what have you. But there are certain ways to arrange it so that it mitigates some of that risk of a higher risk environment. I mean, it just, I mean, it depends on the industry that you're in of what, what do the typical payment terms look like and, and start from that. And then figure out, okay, if this is a higher risk environment or a higher risk company, what are we willing to work with? And then stick with that. I think that's fantastic advice. We're going to take another break right here. We'll be right back with Molly Montgomery from Ascension. While we're there, though, uh, on break, you can visit her website at www.ascensionco.net. That's A-S-C-E-N. S-I-O-N-C-O dot net. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. (music) 
Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. Do want to give a shout-out to my executive producer, Winston Price. Wish him happy holidays. Hope all is going well. Haven't heard from him in a little while, uh, but I hope everything's going really well with him. Uh, so coming back with Molly, uh, you know, Molly... We were talking in break. Uh, you know, we were discussing entrepreneurship, um, and you know, it's a little bit different too, depending on the type of company you have. When we start talking about payment terms, like I have a payment term meeting, uh, you know, in my kickoffs, the very first thing we do is sit down, um, you know, as we're doing a kickoff, and I make sure that we have an inclusion in that meeting to say, how do we invoice? Who's the invoice person? You know, how are discrepancies handled? Um, and, and including the payment terms and making sure all of that is handled uh, face-to-face when we're meeting for, you know, for the first time. Uh, and so that's been very successful for us. But some of the best advice that I'd received um, in building my company was from Seth Godin. And so you know, he sat me down and asked me if I was a freelancer or an entrepreneur. 
And so I asked him, you know, what he meant. He said, well, an entrepreneur builds businesses with other people's money. And he said, and a freelancer trades time for money. He says, one's not, you know, better than the other, but you have to decide you can't be both. And that was so impactful to me because I'm technically a freelancer. And so that meant Mm -hmm. I really needed to uh, find other people to take some of these roles off off of me of what I was doing. Um, so that I could create more time to be billable. And he says, if you're ever going to reach your financial goals as a freelancer, then the only thing you can do is get better clients. And that's what was rolling through my head when you were talking in the last segment. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the greatest difference in my company now, nine years you know, later than when I started, is that I would accept any contract. And now I'm so unafraid to walk away from the, the bad clients. If, if somebody's not, yeah. you know, the right the right fit for us, you know, we'll shut it down. And I've walked away from about nine contracts this year alone where I could just tell that they were not going to do anything that we asked. They weren't going to fulfill the their side of it. And they were just looking for somebody to come in and give them a rubber stamp. Um, and so that's just not what we do. And so I think that that's a hard thing for newer companies to, to really figure out. But at the end of the day, that was going to cost me money if I accepted that contract anyway, the, the, the revenue would have gone out the, the backside either through you know, bad reputation or, you know, in, in your refunds or things like that anyway. Plus, I would have lost all of that time that I could have built. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about that and, and what you've seen with, with some of your clients in, in those types of decisions. Oh, this is a huge, I, I love this conversation because I've gone, I've gone through that myself with my company as well. I mean, it's, it's the conversation around are we is it the money or is it the you you can't have the fear around the around the money i mean that's the biggest part of whether you're a freelancer or entrepreneurship or or whatever that is where you're creating what it what it is that you're building you're creating the value that you're that you're getting paid for and there's no certainty that you're going to get paid it's it's you have to there's always there's just a huge risk that you're taking on because that certainty isn't there and so it's a question are you only interested in getting paid or are you interested in working with good clients and that it can be really difficult when you have the pressure of needing the money or there the cash flow is tight when you have someone in front of you that's willing to pay you but you can tell you can just feel it it's not the it's not quite what you want to be taking on. And I see it all the time where people take stuff on just because they needed the cash and the amount of time and energy and the impact, the negative impact it makes on their business is nowhere near worth the cash they're getting for it. And it is, it it can be so damaging to the growth and the future of what you're doing. And so I think, I mean, figuring out what are good clients, one thing that for me personally, as I've grown my business of, of the gut check, when I, when I first started, I I've, I've, was taking on clients just because I needed to build traction. I needed to get clients in the door. And it was not even before the end of the first year when I realized I can't, I can't keep doing this because I'm building a company that I'm not enjoying. And the client, there's clients that I'm working with that are just not the fit for the culture and the brand and for the types of clients and the type of work. That, that 
that I want to be doing and that the consultants who are working for me, that they, they want to be doing. I want this to be an enjoyable place to work, right? So I've done the same thing as you. There's many contracts, that potential clients that, that at this point, I have no problem walking away from if it just doesn't. And I had, I had one of my attorneys tell me once, I remember sitting down with her going through getting, unraveling a client that I was working with that I, I needed to get, we were working on just getting it closed down and wrapped up. And, and I wanted to make sure that we were doing it properly with integrity and quickly because it was just way too much effort that was not, it was not working. And she said to me, she said, Molly, as, as a professional for attorneys and CPAs and a lot of us that are for freelancers, the, the biggest lesson that I've learned is that our business is more often created by what we say no to than by what we say yes to. Oh, and I've beautiful. seen it all the, a lot with my clients and, and with my own business of by saying no, the amount of space that keeps open in your company and in your business for the right clients to show up is invaluable. Because when you bring on the wrong clients, the thickness that's there, it can be so difficult to then have the space to even start seeking out and seeing and connecting with the right client. Because you reach out, you, you cap out, you don't have the capacity to go out and find them. And so it's a, it's a kind of a catch-22 of, well, how can I let go of this client when I don't have anybody on the horizon? And it's so many times I see it where you don't have any idea where that next client's going to come from. But when the space is there, it's the miracle of all of a sudden you get the referral email or you go to an event and you connect with somebody that's just the perfect client and it just comes out of nowhere. And I see it all the time. I see that happen all the time. But don't you think that that's a transition so, to a – go ahead, go ahead. I will say one last thing. I will say for me there's also been – now what is – how do you know what is the right client if it's not just based on revenue? <laughs> you know, when you start to really truly qualify your clients outside of whether – if they're willing to pay – because I've had clients, I've had potential clients that are that have been willing to pay really good money that I have, my gut, I just, I've had that knot in my stomach of, there's no way we can take this on. I do not want to work with this company and I'm not going to put anybody on this project. It sounds like it's going to be a nightmare. You couldn't pay us enough. You know, that feeling of no, that gut feeling of the just, I really listen to is the, there's an integrity piece in in who my client who these potential clients are. The integrity I really listen for, and I and I feel for it. I in the conversations of, is this going to be a fluid relationship? What is this relationship going to feel like? And then I also if there's people who are overly edgy and she and and asking for discounts or asking for deals and that sort of thing, it's a no. It's a no go. Because they're, they're the, the right clients, the good clients are the ones that, that really do see the value in, in what you're bringing into their business, and they are more than ready and willing to pay you for it. And they aren't trying to find that side deal of, uh, you know, we're, 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 trying to, we're just trying to make a buck too, you know, we need a deal. I don't, no, I don't, that's not the kind of people that we work with. 
And so just, just really being clear on who it is that you do, what do you, what take a stand for the type of clients that you want to work for and, and write it out on a piece of paper. I mean, it, it, have that very clear because then you know when you see it, you feel it, and you know it, and you know what to say no to. Yeah, I think the uh, greatest speech that, that I give my clients going into it is that I want to be your partner, not your vendor. And so yeah. there's a value on both sides. So I don't discount my rates. I'm not going to you know, be relegated. I'm not going to get into a bake-off. Uh, we're either the right mm-hmm. team for you or not, and this is our rate. Uh, we understand that we're probably the most expensive rate-wise than you know any of the people that are in competition, but we're also the most efficient. So at the end of the day, they'll they'll pay less, um, but they'll pay more per hour, and it's just the way it works. But you've got to have yeah. that conviction that you're worth it, and I think that that's very right. very hard for people that are brand new to the business. Well, and you can also really realize that if you're not getting paid enough to do the work that you know you can do, then you're not even going to be able to perform to be able to get a good referral. So you have to be able to be to charge what you know you need in order to truly perform and to bring in the value that you know you can bring. Because if you're if they're if, if you're not charging enough then you're not able to actually truly provide good services. So you owe an obligation to charge what you need to charge in order to provide those services. That's exactly correct. We're going to take our final break here. We'll be right back with our final segment of the Work-Life Balance and Molly Montgomery. Right after this break, you're listening to Rick Morris. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader 
with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for this final segment of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday. And as you know, as part of that final segment, what we normally like to ask our guests is, Molly, what is some of the best advice you've ever received? Okay. I've got two things. Can I share two things? <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead. First, so the, the one thing that, that uh, it took a lot of practice for me to really ingrain this in my way of, of being <laughs> um, Someone told me a few, it was actually one of my coaches a few years ago, told me, replace the word should with, I have the opportunity to. And every time I catch myself, every time you catch yourself thinking, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I should be, even if it's just monotonous, I should be cleaning out my emails right now, I should be working on this, I should be doing this with my company, whatever. I should be working, I should not be resting, Anytime you hear that word should pop up in your mind, replace it with I have the opportunity to because it completely shifts your view of everything that you've taken on with everything you have going on in your life because you always have the ability to say yes or to say no or to, to navigate your way through. The cho- it's the choices that you make. And so that's been a huge shift for me. Replace should with I have the opportunity to. And then the other thing, the other thing that I use so much in my life and that I've, I, I find myself teaching my clients this all the time is just the, I've said it a few times here of just follow, following your gut. And I've realized as, as being, having been an advisor for, for 15 years now in some of the really complex situations I've seen my clients in the middle of, I mean, huge businesses, large corporations back when I was working with even public companies of when it comes down to making some really critical decisions in, in your business, as an advisor, there were plenty of times where I'd be sitting at the table with a client helping advising them through a decision. And a lot of times it would come down to a certain point when I, I can't tell you the answer as an advisor. I can tell you, here's the options. Here's the the risk assessment, here's the pros and cons, the cost benefit, you know, everything that you would want to look at to make a decision. And it comes down at the end of the day, it would come down to the decision maker. There's just a gut check you have to do of what you know, what you feel is right for your business. And it's, it's, there's, there's so much power in that. And it can be hard to, hard to really understand the power when you think you're supposed to be doing you have all these external factors telling you what your competitors are doing, what, you, what everybody else is telling you you should be doing. What, like, really, you're, you have so much more within you than you realize. 
my gut is so important in business. I think that's all fantastic. Tell anyway. our audience how they can get in touch with you. Oh, sure. So on, I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. That's been a huge platform for me. I'm really getting some of my writing and interacting with people on there. So come, you can come find me on LinkedIn. That's Molly Montgomery. Um, and then also you can find me on Facebook. active on, on there as well. I love interacting with people and helping posting things, guiding people through different situations. Social media has just been a huge, huge outlet for connecting with people. Um, and then, yeah, come to my website. You can connect on there and, and reach out if there's anything. There's a contact form on there. If there's anything you want to connect on business-wise, be happy to hop on a call and do a consultation. That's needed. Well, we appreciate you being part of the show. I was going to piggyback what you said. You know, I had somebody tell me something similar on your uh, should versus uh, get the opportunity. Uh, we teach uh, as well as uh, instead of saying you have to, it's that you get to. And so, you know, yeah. in project management, it's like, ah, I have to go to this meeting or it's that you get to go to this meeting. And so that mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that that mind shift and what that can do in, in uplifting just your ability to go and tackle what you got to tackle. Oh, it's huge. It is huge. <laughs> but again, we thank you so much for being part of the show. This has been Molly Montgomery, founder of Ascension. Thank you so much. We hope that you'll come back and visit us. I believe we've got Paul Cummings uh, that's going to be on the show. He's the author of the book, It All Matters. It's 125 Strategies to Achieve Maximum Confidence, Clarity, Certainty, and Creativity. For me, you can always reach me at uh, Twitter at Rick A. Morris. You can visit me at uh, rickamorris.com or, of course, at rsquaredconsulting.com. We've come across the holiday season here, so it's going to be getting lighter and lighter as we go, but we know that our listeners listen more and more during the holiday season. So please reach out to me on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, on the website. You can always hit me at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Also, the latest book, uh, Agile Almanac Volume 2 or Book 2, the latest uh, Amazon bestseller. Uh, that is out. Uh, John Stenbeck and I have been doing a tour uh, in support of that book. Uh, no Day But Today is still out on Amazon as well. That's going to make a fantastic Christmas gift for you as well. And, of course, you can always reach out to us via social media. We love interacting with you guys. Please stay tuned to our Voice America Business Network right here as we've got more for you right after this show. We love having you on board. Uh, And again, thanks uh, so much for another fantastic year. We are going to re-up for another year here at the Work-Life Balance. So that means 52 more episodes coming your way next year here at the Work-Life Balance. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Keep downloading. Keep listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.